Hello, everybody. Mike with the Love Local Podcast. Kicking off today's episode, which we are calling The Upside. And we are lucky enough to sit down with Dave Lasavio, who is going to share with us his journey for career and personal development over the past seven to 10 years to become the person he has become today. There are a few people in your life that you will meet that are truly authentic and feel comfortable in their skin. Dave is definitely one of those people. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, how do I change careers? How do I make that spark or that change to become the person I want to be? Dave is going to help you out with that, uh, give you some tips, which he took along his journey, which might help you in your journey. So without further ado, let's start this wild ride with Dave, Jason, and I, and let's get to the show. Welcome to the Love Local Podcast with Mike and Jason, the podcast where we highlight the communities we work, live, and play in. Today, we are very excited to talk about a wide range of topics surrounding from personal growth. We're going to talk about one man's journey around his complete change in his career and what led to that. We know that some of this discussion today will be relatable to some of you guys. Some of you are thinking the very exact same things that our guest has gone through, or someone close to you is contemplating these these things that we're talking about, and hopefully you find an avenue to address those, or maybe this pushes you over the edge to do something about those those feelings that you have. All right, friends, I'm excited to introduce you to a friend of ours, Dave LaSavio. Dave is a local realtor and creator. His outlook on life is inspiring and motivational. Anybody that gets to know Dave knows that he comes from a place of support and giving. The story we're going to talk about today with Dave is going to dive deep on his seven-year journey of personal leadership and transformation. Dave's willingness to be vulnerable is courageous and inspires hopes. In his words, our goal today is to inspire others to be their authentic selves, live with intentionality, and in to encourage our listeners to play big. Dave, thanks so much uh, for coming on the show today, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Jason and Mike. I'm super happy to be here, and I'm grateful that you guys invited me on. Yeah, we're looking forward to the dialogue, and uh, hopefully we're going to be all over the board, and we're going to talk about a bunch of different topics, and I think people will gain some insight into it. Yeah, you speak from the heart, man, and you talk about some real things, so we're looking forward to diving deep. Absolutely. All right, so typically we like to start our shows off by sponsoring a local beer or a brewery. However, this week we know that uh, about seven years ago you started your journey of not drinking, and uh, I just finished October, and I'm not drinking anymore either, and I know Jason barely drinks, so we are not highlighting a local beer this (laughs) week. So we are going to skip that segment for now, and we'll pick it up on a later show. However, uh, I do want the, the audience to understand kind of where you started in your career early on. I'd say that uh, early on in my career, right out of college, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I went into the family business. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to go to United Arthur Anderson or Motorola, which is where most people were going in the late, in the uh, early to mid nineties. And so I went to my family's packaging company and I went into outside sales. I figured that would give me the opportunity to get in front of people be my authentic self and have the opportunity to grow without any limits. And as I would say, that was like a default move, right? Because it, what I mean by that is it was comfort. It's, it's not that the job was easy. It's just that it really wasn't out of my comfort zone after a few years. So I hit in my fourth year, I hit hundred K and this was before 2000, right? So yeah. I was doing really well at the time. And so you um, were living the life, essentially. I was making a lot of money and spending a lot of money. Yeah. So back then it was like, oh, cool. Let's go buy a coach bag for 500 bucks and let's go out to dinner for $700. And funny how things change when you get older. You're not, now you're like, save your money, invest your money. <laughs> and and it did change. Yeah. yeah so but um, I think a lot of people, you talk about like default jobs. I think that's like, that's how most people, maybe it's different nowadays, but like even when I was getting out of college, it was like, you go into what you know like where your parents kind of shoved you or where you went to school with it. You did what you thought you should do instead of what you wanted to do, right? Yeah, and that brings up something great too because when you think about it, like are we really even living our own lives? We're living the lives of what our teachers, what our uh, bosses, and what our parents really threw upon us. And then we're trying to impress all these other people and 
our parents and our bosses and teachers weren't really living their own lives either. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, it's like, what the hell were we even doing, right? And when I say default, I mean choosing a life of design versus a life of neglect. So default is just like the easy way to go. And that's what I went into when it came to career. Yeah, did you, uh, may I have a professor at one time that used to say like you live on autopilot. So I, I think of myself when I was in those shoes of, of being in corporate America and looking to get out because I felt something that was calling me, um, me and him had a conversation. He was like, you're on autopilot, Jay. Uh, like you're just going with emotions. You're getting paid well, you're doing it, but like, are you happy? Uh, so what was, what made that shift to like corporate America, top producing salesman to getting into like real estate and really diving in uh, to build your own thing? And that's a good question because I didn't have an aha moment. What I did have is one day, uh, it was seven years ago, so let's say November of 2014, during Thanksgiving week, I just woke up one day and I decided to stop drinking for a month. And seven years later, I'm still not drinking. So was there like a thing, like, you know, this might be too personal, but like you just, people just don't wake up. I've woken up with many hangovers. Did you just wake up and like, let's just try it? Or this had been leading up for a while? Like, I think it was less, let's just try it. I mean, I had gotten uh, a DUI like a year before, felt like a criminal. I was so thankful I never hurt anybody in in that case. It was, um, it was a very unfortunate situation. It was a great learning experience for me, right? Like I almost said, I wish I would have gotten that DUI 10 years earlier to kind of like slap me. So what happened was it really was like that, Mike, where I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm kind of tired of being hungover. I'm not really happy in my life and I'm feeling this internal pain. So maybe if I just change one thing, right, that little slight edge thing, let's just stop drinking for a month. And then let's see how I feel in January. And at least I'll remember the holidays and I won't like blow through the holidays being fucked up and hung over. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then January came along and I was like, wow, I feel pretty good. Yeah. This is what the holidays are like. I remember <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get some things done. Like yeah. my place looks better. Those bags under my eyes are gone. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> so that. now did, did you, did, did you share this with everybody? Like your family and friends, like people knew you weren't drinking in December or was it just like halfway through December, someone goes, you're kind of different, Dave. Like, you're, you're more attentive. You're not an asshole. <laughs> I don't think I shared it with everybody right away. I was still going to bars, and I was still hanging out with the same people. Which, that's hard. That's really hard, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I didn't know another life, right? And again, I was still selling boxes, still, still in the packaging world, still making good money. I noticed then I started gaining clarity. And I started looking around and looking at who I'm surrounding myself with. And then, of course, I read and was introduced, you are who you surround yourself with. So I was like, okay, well, hanging out in bars and surrounding myself with these people, I am them. So it's time to, like, hang out by yourself and start to figure things out. It's kind of like the quote, like, uh, you're the average of the five people you associate yourself with most, uh, right? Like, kind of that type of thing. Like, you you pick up on their traits, their outlooks, all of that. Uh, if you're around them enough. Man, I need to do some searching of who I hang out with. Yeah. Yeah, I, we, I've been looking for your replacement I know, for like seven years now. I, am I dragging down? <laughs> am I helping lift up? I think I'm dragging down, uh, Jay. I, yeah, I, for sure. I, I don't think so. Uh. <laughs> the funny thing about that is people really just self-serve out, right? So you don't have to say, hey, I'm not doing this anymore, and I don't want to be around you anymore. You just start doing your own thing, and then – people just don't call you anymore. They yeah. don't text yeah. you anymore. They don't email you anymore. Yeah. So it's really simple to change who you're going to surround yourself with. And then I went into this. But like, that's a conscious decision, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. like, you have to work at it. Because, like, oh, for sure. yeah, that's not easy. So I, I'm every October, Jason and I did it for a couple of years. We did sober October kind of thing. And so the, the first year was like, oh, are we ever going to make it? Then the second year, it was like, all right, we could do this. Now, I've been doing it the last couple of years, and I almost wait for it. Like, I'm like, man, I can't wait for October. It's like a month of clarity. I'm eating fresh. I'm kind of just like uh, my palate, my whole mind kind of unfogs for the month. It's, it's to- great. Yeah, it's totally a good reset. And I, I haven't done it in the last couple of years because I like alcohol too much, I think. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it's something that I know, like, I want to switch and change my in my life. Like, I just don't, I don't need it like I did in my 20s. Like, now when I drink, I'm like, oh. That feeling has me asking you, like, did you quit drinking as you reflect back on that time now 
do you think you quit drinking help you become like your authentic self? That's a good question. So I think that I was running away from who I was all these years. And maybe I just wasn't comfortable sitting in my skin and in my shoes and in my thoughts. So I would self-medicate myself in many other ways besides drinking too, right? Like binge watching uh, Law and Order for eight hours on a Saturday <laughs> Um, I think there's a support group for that. I'm not sure. I've known you for a couple of years. Sorry to interrupt you on that. I don't see you sitting still now for eight hours in front of a TV period, but sitting still, like I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you said that because one of the things I got rid of was television. So I got rid of TV like six years ago and I don't, I watch like, you mean you don't watch a lot of TV? I don't don't have any TVs in my home. You don't own a television. I don't own a television. Okay. Um, and what I did was I decided to maybe watch a movie once or twice a month on Netflix. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really, I'm about more just like, I'd rather sit in my thoughts or I'd rather sit in silence or I'd rather, rather read or converse or do something with other people than watch TV. So again, uh. when I share these things, I always come from the place of we're doing the best we can with what we have always. And I believe that with everybody. So my lifestyle is not necessarily for other people's. What I'm doing is not necessarily better or right compared to other people. It's just right for me in my life, and it's allowed me to transform and do some cool stuff. And part of that was— So do you miss not watching TV? No. Not at all. When people talk about that, I actually—when they say, how do you not watch TV— I wonder in the back of my mind, I say, that's a good question. I wonder, where do you find the time to sit down for an hour in front of a television? Yeah. That's usually my thought back. Well, I mean, some of these things are extremist, Dave. Like, you got to, like, yeah. on the outside looking in, like, the guy doesn't drink for seven years. He doesn't own a TV. Yeah. He just is in, into self-thought. I think those are gradual changes that you make, right? Like, you yeah. just wake up and decided to be this person. Maybe that's how you always were supposed to be. Um, so there was, like, three questions in there. Number one, it is <laughs> it's definitely extreme. Follow along. When you're pattern-breaking 30 years of a lifestyle, you've got to be extreme. Or okay. else you're not gonna you're not gonna stay on the path of where you want to be. So some of the things I do are extreme, and again, they're not for everybody. They're just for me, and they work for but some other people. Too. You think you do extreme to break it, and then it just becomes, yeah. you know, like people say, don't smoke or something. So they do exercise yeah, for twenty eight days. I or quit something. too. Okay. Yeah. So you have to do extreme to get, to balance yourself, and then now it just becomes who you are. For me, it was important to get rid of what was distracting me. And what I feel was destroying my mind and my health. You know, you look at me right now and I'm 51 and most people don't think I am, right? I like to say I got the Benjamin Button syndrome. (laughs) I got reverse aging going on. And I'm super lucky because of that. Like if you saw my parents at 75, you'd think they were 60. And I am so grateful that my body like rejuvenated and regenerated after blowing my brains out for a while. Yeah. And it's not like I was doing hard drugs. After a while, smoking pot, smoking cigarettes, drinking. I mean, it wears it on does, your yeah. body. So there was a number of things that I decided weren't serving me anymore on my path to move forward of growth and abundance. And I just started cutting them out. And one of them, like I said before, was television. I just thought it was good for me to get rid of. And uh, I mean, there was a time, like, I just started listening to music again recently in the last, like, six months that has words. Like, I'm telling you, I made a conscious decision before I went on a retreat for three days in the desert by myself with just a bag of shit in and, like, liquid to to drink, like a protein shake. I made a conscious decision six weeks before that not to listen to music with words, not to masturbate, not to do anything that was going to, like, stimulate my mind because I knew I was going to be alone with my own thoughts for three days. And still to this day, I haven't done any of those things. So you look at me and I probably, it looks like I have a pretty boring lifestyle, yeah. right? Like, what does this guy do? <laughs> I mean, sometimes I just sit there, right? <laughs> what um, does Dave do all the that's, time? That's I, pushing yourself like many people cannot push themselves because you stay in your head and you're able to work through things and to um, process things differently because you don't have some outside distractions. Do you meditate? Yeah, uh, it's a good question, too. So I have a pretty uh, serious morning practice, and a lot of it I got from Hell Elrod's Miracle Morning. So this morning I meditated. I did Wim Hof breathing. I do outward affirmations. I did gratitude journaling, and then I read 10 pages of 
I forgot the name of the book. I'm in a book club. I leave, I read a lot of books. And then uh, I just did stretching. So I didn't go exercise this morning, but I did like push-ups and some jumping jacks and squats and stretching. So okay. my morning practice this morning was about 40 minutes. And guys, I'm a mess in the morning. Like I have a lot of head trash still. Like that's one thing, Mike, that doesn't go away. And yeah. I can't figure out why. And it hurts me. Like, I want to say it, it angers me, but anger is just from hurt and pain, right? It's your reaction to it. Like, it hurts me. I, I still am, am struggling and challenged. Like, why do I have this, like, negative thought patterns in my brain when yeah. I wake up? Yeah. So it takes me a good, like, hour, yeah, maybe not an hour, half hour, 45 minutes to, like, reset and then come into, like, the Dave mode. And what I mean by the authentic Dave is, like, who I was when I was five. Totally. Right? Like yeah. that kid. And there will be times, too, where I sit there, like, here's the ultimate, right? So you've got, like, personal development and leadership. And for a long time, I was doing it in reaction to how I lived for 30 years. Right? That's easy. Forget about doing that. Do personal development now that takes you back to when you were at five and connect with your true self. Not in reaction to how I lived for 30 years, but who I was really from the beginning. And that's totally. like my goal right now. Like Powerful. that's yes. It's heavy, man. And 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 I will literally sit there and I'll think of times when I was four or five, six, and maybe I fell off the bus and cracked my head open or did other things. And I'd be like, I'll sit in the car with myself in that scene and like, hey Dave, it's okay. And I'll nurture myself. Like I'll actually sit there with my younger self and I'll visualize certain things. And it could be even like girls not wanting to hang out with me when I was in sixth grade or junior yeah. high, right? When you start. Which sounded so traumatic at the time. Like <laughs> the end of the world. Uh. Yeah. And that stuff still, like, I, it's tough for me to get rid of that. So, like, instead of resisting, because what you resist persists, to me, it's better just to accept it and understand it. But the key is, like, not running away from it, right? Not drinking, drugging, binge-watching TV, masturbating, smoking, like, just name 500 different things that you could be doing. Yeah. That's, like that's feeling into it. But I think it's, a lot of people have that voice in their head. I don't think that that's like, I don't even think that's a disease or anything. That's just, I think a lot of. are, if we can manage it. And yeah. This is my opinion, but if we, we have to learn how to manage it. But I think we all, like, by nature, we're, we, we're negative souls. We're really hard on ourselves. Uh, and, and some people could fight and overcome that. Some other people, serotonin levels, whatever, it's just different for, right? And uh, some of it doesn't even have to be negative thought. Like, my brain is always, that's the problem. It's always going. Like yeah. It doesn't matter. It could be positive. could be negative. could be what I have to do tomorrow. It could be just obsessing about whatever yeah. it is. Totally. So, like, I think a lot of people are in that headspace. Yeah. And, you, and they have to figure out how to get out. You said something that I, uh, I haven't heard you say before, but it fits. Uh, and um, I, I, uh, you talked about, like, going back to when you were a kid and getting back to that person. And uh, through COVID for me, I, I read a book in the beginning um, as I had those thoughts and those things and, and things that I needed to work throughout. Um, I read a book called Scary Close by Donald Miller. Mm. And within, uh, have you read it before? Yeah, I have. It's, it's a great a book. Fantastic book. And he talks about just that. And I remember being on a walk with my uh, good friend uh, the next day and I'm talking about like, like that. And he was like, you need to find that man. You need to go back and you need to figure it out. It might not be easy, but like what that kid person knows is exactly who you are before all this world clouded you up. So you stopped drinking in 2014 and there is a, uh, you're a driven person. You're an ambitious person. Uh, you believe in, in everything that I've gathered from you, living the best life possible. Um, you're looking to make a change. COVID hit. You're looking to make a change, from my understanding, uh, and get into the real estate side of the business. Can you talk to us a little bit about like that piece of it and, and what you, you've dealt with over the last year and changing jobs and careers, businesses in the beginning of COVID? Yeah, and a lot, too, what I say, right, is – some people won't agree with it, and, and I want to respect and honor, like, those that have died and those that have suffered through this pandemic because it's yeah. something the world's never seen. I also believe that it's the greatest gift and opportunity we've ever given. Um, I, I believe that we live in the safest, most abundant time in human history. If this was 100 years ago, half the population would be wiped out. Are we going to choose to focus on optimism or are we going to choose to focus on what's wrong with things? Yeah, Rona was like a staycation for me. I stayed home for three months, four months, mostly by myself during the week. 
I'd see people, a few of, of my crew, like maybe on the weekends, most of the day I would sit on one of my two blue chairs, no TV in front of me, right? <laughs> and I'd just sit there and I'd look out the window. And then maybe I'd go to the bathroom, maybe I'd throw out the garbage, maybe I'd do some push-ups, maybe I'd read. But I sat there and I started reflecting. I'm like, okay, you do, you've made all these changes. The one thing, though, you're still in this job and it's not you. Like, you're living a double life, man. you got to do something about it. I started talking to somebody in my crew, Stephanie, and she, um, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to jump ship in 2021, maybe, maybe the spring. And she's like, you want to wait that long? I'm like, not really. I said, so what about the first of the year? And she's like, do you want to wait that long? And I said, well, what do you think? She goes, you need to go now. I said, now? She goes, you need to quit now. And I said, how does that look? She goes, well, you're going to jump out of a plane without a parachute, but you're going to trust yourself that you're going to sew one up before you hit the ground. I said, that's a really good way of looking at it. Which is very hard. That That is not a proposition most people will do. Yeah, especially, uh, I'll get to that. So August 7th, 2020, I decided that October 30th would be my last day in my packaging career and that I would give a two-week notice two weeks beforehand. And wouldn't you know, I had my two best months last year in my whole career. I was always on 100% commission. And then my final month, which was October, I had my best month ever. And what I mean by best month is I made just under 29K. So for me, being single, not having kids, and not being married, that was a lot of money. Yeah, it's good money. In one month. Um, And the packaging industry was just booming. I still left, and it was... um, it was an exciting time for me. It was a big move, and it was super hard, like you said. So when I made the jump on October 30th, as I mentioned, that was my biggest month ever, and people thought I was nuts when I was leaving. The idea was, though, there was three main reasons why I left. First of all, I wasn't living the life that I was uh, saying that I was. And what I mean by that is, like, I was living this personal development life, and I was leaning into discomfort, I was doing all these other things, but I was still staying at the job that I was comfortable in. Yeah. Yeah. That's You're still inside a box. Yeah, yeah you literally. couldn't. You, you couldn't. Yeah, literally. <laughs> what, uh, Sorry, pun intended. I didn't even realize, but yeah. that's a great pun. Pun, yeah, pun intended, I guess. There, but he is a dad. Yeah, so you know, you were stuck inside the box. You're learning. You're reading Think and Grow Rich. You're reading books that show you uh, and offer up a better way to live life. Um, and you're stuck porting to somebody uh, that's you know your boss, whatever that is, and you're not. Would you say you're not being your true authentic self when you were doing that as you evolved? Yeah, I, I wasn't. So I think for a while it was like I was d- living a double life and people would be like, you're selling boxes. Like, what do you mean? I thought you were like a personal leadership coach or <laughs> like, what, what do you mean boxes? So what's funny about that too is that you get to a point where pain of staying where you're at becomes greater than the pain and the fear of the unknown and jumping out of that plane. And that was the tipping point. So I told my boss, he couldn't believe it. Nobody could really believe it that I would start off at zero. But most importantly, I decided on three things before I did it. Number one, I didn't want to work seven to five Monday through Friday because I felt like it was like a starting gun. And I was running around to these companies for them. And then it'd be done. And then I had homework at night. Number two, I wanted to be more personal and less transactional. I thought that packaging sales was very transactional, and it never went beyond that. And I'm a personal guy. Like, I want to hang out with people. Yeah. I want to so collaborate see with people. You find joy in relationships. Thank you. That's a great way of saying it. And number three, I wanted to collaborate with my buddy Joe. I met Joe years ago, five years ago. He would be making real estate calls. I would be making packaging calls together. We would do it somewhere at like a coffee shop or the corporate center or something. So it was never really about real estate. It was never really about getting into home sales. Like it, that was actually the last thing I ever wanted to do. It just so happened that Joe was doing it. I wanted to collaborate with him. And he thought that it might be good without pressuring me. Like, hey, this might be something good for you too. So why don't we create this team and uh, have it look back since. In fact, last week, Friday was one year since I left packaging. So I'm on my one year anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And I got to say thank you to my previous boss because they paid me everything that was due on my commissions. I got my last commission on March 30th, just the way that we got paid. We got paid forward. So I did have some money coming in while I jumped ship, which was great. Yeah. And then that's good because as realtors, uh, we know that you don't make much money when you first start off. It's not not until you get into the groove and and get good systems and routines in place and and all that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm super grateful to him that he did that, and he always provided the space for me to uh, grow. 
It just wasn't my space. You know what? I never made past a certain amount of money in packaging. And why is that? It's, it just wasn't for me, right? Like there, it would have been too much force that I would have had to do to get to that next level. It just showed that like, there's got to be something different for me to do. So that's really opened up a huge wave of opportunity for me to do a lot of different things. It's It's been uh, a big relief. I love my days. Like I wake up and I say, what do I get to do today, right? Versus what do I have to do? I think that I've built up a, a network of people that encourage me to play big, like you said before. I'm taking live beyond default, beyond what I ever thought it was, and inspiring others to live a life of design uh, versus a life of neglect. And that might just be being better tomorrow than you were today, right? Like, yeah. I like to think of it, Mike, as like, I'm not getting better than you. I'm getting better for you. I'm bettering myself every day for everybody else. It's not for me so I can win over you. Yeah. It's so we can win together. Yeah. It's that selfish mentality that a lot of people get stuck in what's going to be best for me? How do I make, you know, what's in it for me kind of thing. Yeah. Jason's always talked about the, you know, what's in it for the other people, not you. And uh, I think that that's a great motto to live by. Yeah. yeah. I agree with servant, that. Servant leadership, man. And it could take you so much further in life by just serving people in ways that you're built to serve. I, uh, I've seen you live a selflessly. And I've known you for about a year now. I guess it would be kind of crazy to think about. It seems like just yesterday we were having our first cup of coffee together. And um, we're also a part of the SBA together. And I, I see you uh, coming from a place of giving. And we run in similar circles with video and stuff like that. And we're different styles. But I see you come from a place of giving, which is like, yeah, like more people need to be like that. And I look at um, what you're doing in the SBA, and I have a lot of respect for that. And knowing that it's not just the SBA where you live that life, it's that's just how you live. But talk about the mindset around giving. Like, in, like I'll, I'll give an example, like coffee and contacts at the SBA. Like you're there set up with a video camera, and you're giving these people content to be able to share and to be able to get out there. You're up for volunteer of the year, uh, nominated uh, amongst a great group of people. Like where does that giving come from? That's a good question, too, because about three years into making my shift um, of not drinking and doing a lot of other things, I started getting in this victim mindset like, well, why aren't I making more money? Why aren't I this, 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 and that? I had to flip a switch and say, well, from now on, I'm just going to wake up every day and I'm going to give, give, give. It's not about getting anything. It doesn't matter. Just come from a frame of giving. Waking up in the morning to show up for Team Human, as I say, um, and add value just to add value, doing good just because. It's like, what other reason is there to get up in the morning? So for me, I always like being part of a team, individualistic, and having people close by me that we could share that with. So it brings me joy, and it gives, I, I think that together, we are, we're going through a cultural renaissance right now, and Rona kicked that up a notch. Like somebody told yeah. me that years ago, there's a cultural renaissance happening. Once Rona hit, everybody got on an even playing field. At this point, like, what are we going to be doing for the next 10 years? Are we going to be distracted? And are we going to be worried about like what others are thinking about us because we don't look, feel, act, drive this car? Or are we going to wake up and are we going to show up you know, vaccinated, not vaccinated. Who's the president? Who's not the president? It's like this whole victim villain thing. And then what's that other thing? The cancel culture. Like, oh, if you don't say oh, yeah. what I agree with, like you're canceled and I'm, and I don't like you anymore. Or 20 years ago, you said this, so you're, yeah. you're gone now. It's like, you're come done. on. So now the next thing you know, it's going to be 2030 and we're going to say what the F happened over these last 10 years it's um, all cyclical, though. Some of that stuff's cyclical, sure. right? So, like, th everyone's hypersensitive, and the pendulum will swing back, and it'll yeah. get... Where do you think that hypersensitivity came from, though? Like, why are we so sensitive about what other people say? Yeah, I think my my outlook on that, because I, I share some of the same beliefs there, is uh, because uh, I look at this industrial revolution that we are, uh, we are part of. By the time we're alive, we're a part of this industrial revolution. The internet in the 90s pop up. Steve Jobs created this thing that's in our hand, uh, the smartphone, um, and then social media platforms, right? We are now a transparent society. There's nothing that we could hide from each other. We are who we are. 
uh, we, we, in my opinion, with COVID, what happened was all of a sudden got to see what everybody thinks, people that thought differently than us, all of a sudden it was brought to the surface. Some of that is media garbage um, and, and uh, should be destroyed, but it's unfortunately it's not. But we've got to see that there's a left and there's a right and there's people that think they're masks, there's people that don't think you should get vaccinated. There's all these different types of people, but now we're transparent and now we know that. So we're in the beginning stages of this in history. So what will happen? 10 years, will we be better for this because now we know or – could we be worse? And and I, I think only time will tell. But yeah, it was more of a rant race, I think, than a question. But I agree with you. No, I yeah. I've I almost have like a little bit of opposite effect of like you look at the way I don't want to say social media, but like essentially people post things at at the peaks of their life. So when you go through somebody's Instagram or whatever, you're just seeing the ten best moments of the last year that they've had. So now you're almost feeling like they're living their best life. And, you know, Jason's so great. He's got all this stuff going on for him. But you don't see the time in between those posts. Yeah, for and, sure. And I think that that's, that's creating a culture of, like, everybody's heightened and, and aware and, and everyone's got to have an opinion because it's great to have an opinion. But to be honest, there's a lot of times I don't have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't care to express my opinion on. Because it doesn't matter. Like. Yeah. Like, but but <laughs> it's not, that's not way. in vogue right now. What's in vogue right now is you better have an opinion and you better be polarized by anybody who's on the opposite. But yeah. I don't really care what you think. I yeah. think you're a great person, so I'm going to have a conversation with you. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just weird. I can't really get over that. And, and I think, the, to your point, pandemic did do that. It, it allowed people to, to reset. Now, how do people come out of that? Because now things are coming back. Now things are getting busier again. Are they going to choose to inundate their life with just constant yeah. rush around? Or will people... Stay home with their kids more often. Yeah, or like where the priorities in life are yeah. not always attached to your job or to building, like making profit. It's about like let's make sure that we take care of this next generation. If you're if you're a family guy or, or a woman, but yeah, I, I agree with that. I do want to say one thing about Rona, which I thought was super interesting. That um, so people say like when somebody wins the lottery that they change, and. Yeah. My theory is people don't change. When they win the lottery, they become more of who they actually were. So or wanted to be, if right? If somebody yeah. wins the lottery and they're playing the lottery all the time, they're usually coming from a usually coming from a scarcity mentality if they're going every week every week to play the lottery and they don't have a lot of money. So when they win the money, they're going to lose it all cuz like 80% yeah. of the people do, right? So to me, I'm going to go as far as to say as like Rona last year was like winning the lottery. And what I mean by that is people became more of who they really were. You saw the true sides of people. You saw their attitudes. You saw how they treated people consistently, right? I'm not talking about like isolated incidences if somebody got upset or we were scared because we were all scared and we didn't For know sure. what was going on. But I'm talking about you started to see patterns and you're like, you know what? That guy's like this. This girl's like this. And then, oh, shit, I'm really like this. And it was really a time of reflection. So it's not advice. It's not telling. It's take the opportunity to reflect, slow down. I don't know what we're in a hurry for. Totally. Like, yeah. there's n we're, we're going, like, we're in a hurry to go nowhere. We're, we're absolutely <laughs> so going true. nowhere every <laughs> single day. We're running around in circles when I think this is a good time to slow down, hang out with your kids, hang out with yourself. And you know what? We never had a chance to be bored for the last 20 years because we can instantly pick up whatever and like fill our brains and our amygdala and start hyperacting right away. Yeah. Whereas when I was a kid, right, Gen X, so I was kind of pulled by like millennials, which I'm more towards. I consider myself a cusper. Uh, I think I'm 40 when I'm really 51. But y y when it goes back and forth, like you think about it, back then, like you could be bored. Because there wasn't, like, that instant gratification of anything. So you had actually time to, like, sit there and do things where now um, everything's kind of in our face. So um, I like the opportunity of slowing down. I don't do much social media. And uh, to me, just...
breathing and, and chilling with people is is good. And then when it's time for me to, to work and, and create investment opportunities and, and, and create wealth, I do that too. Yeah. And, and I find it super cool. Time and a place for everything, right? Yeah. So um, I just wanted to mention that yeah, lottery thing. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, man. thank yeah, you. It's, it's a really good outlook. I, I, uh, and I always honor what happened with people, right? I know people that have died of Rona. I know people that have been super sick and they still don't have the taste in their mouth. So I always honor and respect that. Yeah. And I am never like, uh, you know, I'm not throwing sprinkles on a shit show, right? Like I'm okay with being in that. But at the same time, um, I think it's the opportunity to move forward. Yeah. I think it's the opportunity to say, what were we doing wrong? Not wrong, but what could we have been doing better all these years? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is uh, our great depression. Because uh, <laughs> the people that were, lived through the great depression, uh, they learned some shit during that great depression, right? That helped them uh, and, and change the way they lived uh, as they continue to evolve. I feel like, you know, COVID's going to do that same thing to our society. It's um, a good point. You know, it's one indicator. Mo- most families have the most savings they've had in 20, 30 years. Yeah. So they've been able to save up money during this because frivolous spending, it, you couldn't go to restaurants every day or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever reason. But th- that is a great depression type mentality. Hoard what you have and ration it out. Yeah. versus there will always be a platinum card behind this. It's never about things. It's about yeah. the things that are happiness, that bring happiness and joy to your life. And many times it's not all those other things or the things that pull you, for sure. I had a question that I think would be of value um, to our leaders. Um, and, and I came from corporate America and got into real estate, too. And I know uh, that there's a challenge there, um, especially when you're, you're looking and you're talking about the stuff that you're talking about. What advice would you give someone looking to change careers or to start their own thing coming from corporate America? Do that which brings you joy and delegate that which does not. We have more Drop op- the mic, Dave. Do it. No. <laughs> we have more opportunity now than we've ever had. To start a business 50 years ago, you had to put a second mortgage on your home. You could do a side hustle right now and next thing you know, you're earning 2-3k a month. Like, it is so much easier, and I'm not saying that it, it's easy compared to before the opportunities that we have in the service industry, in the tech industry, even to open up your own lawn mowing service or something else. Yeah. There are so many opportunities that we have to do those things now that weren't around before. I think that you could spend your time, you could share your time, or you invest your time. And if you say you're spending your time, then you're going into debt and you're wasting your life. I want to share my time with my friends and my family and you guys. I want to invest my time into myself with eating and sleeping well and drinking enough water and exercising so I live a better life that's more present and more available and more serving to others. I don't want to spend time at work. To me, that just sounds like shit. Yeah. <laughs> why would you want to spend time especially at work? if you don't like it like yeah. it makes no it and that's what i thought last year again i didn't have kids i didn't have but remember too i was not a big saver for many years either where maybe if you have kids out there and you have a family maybe you got 50 or 100k in the bank where you can live off of for a while if you're making a career change you can learn anything now right there's the um master classes i mean you know what i'm saying like yeah. you don't have to go to college to learn how to the do local something. was built on youtube university yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. it we could learn anything we want so let's my 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 statement would be are you going to look when you're dying are you going to look back and be grateful of how you spent your time or would you rather look back and say, I'm so glad I shared my time with my family and friends. I'm so glad I invested my time with my coworkers and in myself. I want to go the sharing and investing time. I don't want to say spending time anymore. Because yeah. to me, that's the only thing you can't get back is time. Yeah. You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. So and right now, like you guys created a space where the last like 10 minutes, I don't even know where I am. I'm just like talking right in this like flow. <laughs> 
state and it's we, super we don't cool. know where we're at either dave <laughs> it's super cool like yeah. that's what i like it's like time is like stopped while we're here and it's exciting for me like i love that feeling and i'll remember this for the next like three months so thank you guys for yeah thanks for asking me these tough questions because i'm open book right yeah man we appreciate it and i, I feel like uh, our stories of struggle as humans uh, can help other humans that are going through that struggle that are a different part of their journey or a different chapter. So I yeah. appreciate your vulnerability. Thanks. When I, I want to ask you one last question, man, before we, we start to wrap up. What excites you about the future? That's a good question, Jason. What excites me about the future? I like, I'm going to be a part of an industry that has not been created yet, that there's not even a word for. I'm going to go to the moon. I'm going to be in an ice hotel in Iceland in the summer. That's something a little bit more simplified. Um, I'm excited to see where Gen Z and millennials and and where they're gonna take, where they're gonna pick up and take the world to the next step. So when I'm 80 and 90 and 100 and I'm not able to make decisions, I'm excited to see what decisions are going to be made by the younger generations. Yeah. I am so optimistic about the future. I'm optimistic about two hours from now. Um, and I don't even know what I'm doing, right? But I'm going to create it. So uh, it just feels good to get out of bed every day and be able to collaborate and co-create and, and just do cool things with other people. And at the same time, like, create wealth, create abundance, and I believe create a happier, um, more fulfilling life, not for me, for everybody around us. Yeah. And I think that it, I truly think it's going that way. Um, and I think we beautiful. can do that. Yeah, it's beautiful. When you uh, get to the moon, can you take the love local flag and just put it right <laughs> on the moon for us? Yeah. Um, so I would be remiss if I didn't, I wrote down some notes as we were talking. Yeah, ask me and a couple questions. It's yeah. all good. So the first one I've got is what you resist persists. Yeah, it's Tony Robbins said that. Okay, so yeah. like what is the thought process behind that or what does that even mean? So that's super simple. So to me, it's like the system is set up to defend itself, right? Whatever system that is, I'm not pointing a finger. When you resist something, it gets stronger and then there's backlash that just keeps going back and forth. And to me, it's like, again, that whole like victim villain pointing yeah. fingers. He said, she said, they're bad. We're okay. Oh, woe is me. Life is happening to me. Why is it like this? Stop. Like, just get up in the morning. And we all have head trash. Like I said, I do before too. And when you accept what is and you love what is, then you can change what maybe you're not aligned with. When you resist something, it gets stronger. And it does yeah. every single time. I mean, that's a good, yeah. And it's wasted energy. You know what? Look back at history in so many ways. Look back at your day at like, your sister does something regularly, the holidays are coming up, and she acts this way. Well, when you resist it, is it stressful to you? Are you thinking about it? Yeah. It's making it worse. Accept people for who they are, and if you don't want to hang out with them, don't hang out with them. Because yeah. guess what? You're not perfect either, and maybe some people don't like hanging out with you. I know I'm not for everybody. I'm pretty sure nobody doesn't <laughs> like hanging out with me, Dave, but that's okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying. <laughs> you know? No, I think that is a great I, – I, I wrote it down because I was like, all right, well, I need to explore this a little further. Yeah. The, the second thing yeah. I think we'd be remiss not to talk about was you said you went on a retreat in the desert and you shit in a bag. And so, one, what was the retreat like? Is that something in my bucket list is doing a silent, like, I don't even know. Like, um, oh, God. You know, Tim Ferriss does, like, those seven days quiet meditation. Yeah. So, like, tell me what you did in the desert. What was it like? And then you have to share the, you know, shitting in a bag story. But Well, I joined a... No I, visuals, please. Yeah, no <laughs> visuals, but, you know. I joined an, uh, a mastermind group called Epic Impact. And I was with them for two and a half years. And one of our um, events was like 40 or 50 people were going to spread you out across the southwestern Utah desert. We're going to know where you all are. But for three days, we're just going to come up and bring you a gallon of water. And you're going to have, I forgot, some kind of like protein shake. Yeah. Right. So it's like a liquid diet. So not really food. You're just kind of really something food. to sustain. 
That's it. Something to stain. And you're going to stain it. We had to set up a tent at night with a little headlamp on, right? Well, the funny thing is I never had to shit in a bag because there was a snowstorm and like 60 mile an hour's wind all of a sudden came through there. And the next- In the desert? Yeah, in the, in the desert, believe it or not. They had to pull us out after the first night. So then we had silent and we slept on somebody's floor like in here um, for another night. But the point was, like you said, it's like leaning into discomfort for yeah. growth, opportunity, and fulfillment. So what we're actually looking into now, speaking of shitting in a bag, <laughs> is um, going that's, on. That's like, the title of the episode, I think, right now. <laughs> going on like a total darkness retreat. And what that looks like is you're in a room for like 72 hours where there's no light and no sound. And they're just like pushing food like under an opening for you. And you're basically just like sitting there for like 72 hours. I don't know, but Dave, that I, almost is like. It's like sensory deprivation. I, I think you could go nuts, but I think that's super healthy and more people should do it. No, uh, you, so I'm the thing is like when, about it. when you talk about it, you have to like really get checked out before you do. So you got to prep. So when yeah. I went on that retreat, that's when six weeks before I'm like, I'm not going to listen to music anymore. Or uh, I'm not going to listen to music with words. I'm going to cut that out. And I'm like, I got out my water intake. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop masturbating. Not like I was doing it all the time, but I just picked out like little things in my life that I thought were like instant gratification, self-fulfilling yeah, yeah. things. Because when I'm out there, I'm like, I can't do these things. I kind of wish that you had. I got to sit there and face myself. And let me tell you, I talked to rocks, right? Yeah. Like I hung like out in the shade. Audibly talked to Yeah, to, like okay. audibly talked to rocks and like made friends with plants and like hung out that night and then during the day and it was so cool. And then I remember that second night, my tent's blowing back and forth. I'm laying sprawled out, like holding the tent up because it's like angling down almost flat because the winds got so high. And then finally someone just came in, Dave. And I'm like, <gasps> and we got to get out of here. We'll be back in a half hour. Start breaking down your campsite. We'll come back and get you. And it was like, okay. So then we had to bail everybody out. Oh, but, that's upsetting. Um, Cause like, I would have liked to was. see. Yeah. I would have liked to have been there more because it was a Because super first cool 24 day. hours, you're just acclimating, which sounds like torture. But then really yeah. the, the reflection would be 24 to 72 is where uh, you yeah. start to do some deep, Soul searching, you know. I, yeah, Tim, I totally be down. Anyone who listens to Tim Ferriss, he talks about it. It was weird. Like he went for a seven day, which yeah. I think is a yeah, lot. it's long. But it, they would check in on him every morning. Yeah, and he would be able to have a notebook. Yeah, we couldn't talk yeah. when they would come There's up. No like, talk. We couldn't say anything to them. And I got to give a credit to these guys in Epic Impact, especially like Ben and Jake and Zach. Like they saw, they had this vision. These guys that were like, I never heard anybody talk and act and do things like this group did. But it was, like, all normal to these people. And it was funny because I'd come back here after these retreats. That's kind of what put my personal development path and tapping into Dave on steroids. It's being a part of this group for two and a half years. Um, I would come back here and be like, how are people living here? Like, I want to live like those guys out there. Like, I don't want to live this life here. So they just did things that were very, very different yeah. um, than most people, like, beyond default, right? So I learned a ton from these guys. And, yeah, that retreat was super cool. And, and it definitely is a very uncomfortable oh. space to live in in the beginning. It's oh. not easy to try that. I well, mean, like, when they not. gave me that bag, I was like, you're kidding me. I got to shit in this bag. <laughs> I'm going to go find a tree, man. I don't know if I, I need just, this like, bag. I mean, <laughs> when he said it, he just, like, nobody reacted. Cactus. He's like, I was in a desert. I couldn't talk. I had a bag to shit in. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. My final question uh, that I have, and then I'll be done. Yeah. Did we is, did we go over what you guys want to go over? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. I hope it adds value to the. I hope it adds value to everybody listening. And uh, yeah, so I, I want to thank you guys. But ask away. <laughs> My final question to you, Dave. It seems like you are a person who really invests time in self help. You know, it almost sounds like you you are walking campaign for for self improvement. You know that kind of thing. What if somebody wanted to try? Out because I think some of the things we talked about are on the extreme end. You've gotten so leaned into it. Yeah. But if you wanted someone to start the first time, what is that book? What is that, you know, podcast, whatever, or speaker, something that they should try to scratch the itch? So I would say. I'm proud of myself for stumping you a little here. I, uh, <laughs> so I'll just give a shout out to a few things. Like, I like the Achieve Your Goals podcast by Hal Elrod. I think it's super cool. I like the Minimalist podcast. I think that those guys have a great grounded outlook on life. 
um, and they truly focus on what's important. Of course, I'm a Napoleon Hill fan. I think Outwitting the Devil is his best out of all the books, which actually just came out about five years ago. It was held up for like 80 years. And I'm going to go to the three pillars, and I'm going to say the best way to like start is drink more water, get consistent sleep, and check in with yourself to see if you're deep breathing throughout the day. Those three things are free and they start to get you on that path of like commitment to daily behaviors that are simple, simple, and very effective. Water, deep breathing, and consistent sleep. Like those three things are like the foundation to me of self-development and progression. And like I said, they're free. And um, I mean, it could just be like having a 32-ounce thing of water that you fill up like three times. So you drink 90 ounces of water. Yeah. Going to bed consistently at night and then catching yourself if you're not deep breathing when you're in the car at a traffic light or when you're sitting there. So what I do, like you said before, is super extreme. Yeah. When you're trying to break patterns that you've lived for 30 years, you got to be extreme or else you're going to fall back into it. And it's not that I'm afraid to do that. I just don't want to. I don't want to fall back into some of the things that I did because it just, I don't think it was me. But I think it's like concentric circles, you know, like you started out, you started out, you start, you're, you're, you're a f- many circles further than I am, but I went 30 days without drinking. So that's the first, it's and then huge. you do self-help and you, you know, you, you kind of work your way into it. Yeah. And I think once you get into it and you find results, just like when you started drinking and you found results for whatever that was yeah. at that point or friends or whatever, yeah. it just feeds itself and manifests itself. You can do the opposite, people. Like, you can go out there and manifest good things. You yeah. know, if you just took the steps to sleep, deep breathe, drink a lot of water, you're starting to feel better. Something True. is simple. And then I'll say the other thing is most successful people have the commonality of a morning practice. And your morning practice could literally be 10 minutes. Like, after you wake up and brush your teeth, it could be meditating for five minutes. It could be some positive outward affirmations for two minutes. And it could be some deep breathing exercises for three minutes. Like, but doing it consistently every day after two or three weeks, it's amazing how much more present you are and productive throughout the day. I'm, I mean, a 10-minute morning practice. If you don't have 10 minutes. You got bigger problems, right? Yeah, you got to slow you. And some people are like, oh, I don't have time. I don't do this. Figure that out. Yeah, like, if you don't have 10 minutes, you, you, there's, there's something missing in your life, and you probably have room t- to get rid of things, right? We're not doing anything that important. We got somebody figuring out how to get to Mars. His name's Elon Musk. Yeah, he finds the time. So you know to you're do it. you're going after it on a solo <laughs> trip to the moon. Did you know that? <laughs> well, thank you for that for that question because uh, that's how you start. Very very simple little habit every single day. Simple habit. That's all it is. I like that, Dave. I I really want to thank you for being on the show today and for being so open. I, I think yeah. uh, talking about your journey and the lessons that you learned throughout your personal and professional career. I think will help and resonate with a lot of our listeners. So I appreciate the candor. Many people are experiencing some of the very same thoughts and challenges that you have, or maybe have experienced in your life. And hopefully you are the spark that ignites a little bit of fire for them to try to explore how to make themselves better people or make themselves feel better or start their journey. So thank you for coming on today. And uh, I hope that I can help make a bigger change in my life based on what we heard today. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dave. Jason. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm, I'm excited uh, that we had the opportunity to talk to you about life and about uh, just being real. And I appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to share your whole story. And uh, I, I really, I truly believe your, your story out there could help somebody else live their best life. So thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today, man. Thank you. For Mike and Jason, thanks for listening to the Love Local podcast today. Every community is made up of unique and interesting people. Dave is just another example of just that. So until next time, support local, love local, and we are all stronger together. Peace out, friends.